You're listening to The Dog Ate My Homework, a podcast with me, Melanie Doppler of Math Coach Connection. Hey everyone, I hope you're having a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in to this second grade subtraction episode. I've mentioned this in previous episodes, but subtraction is often more challenging for our children than addition. Even when I started thinking about writing this episode, I had to take a deep breath and think, whoa, subtraction, okay, we can do this. And you know what? We can do this. In this episode, I'm going to equip you, the parent or guardian, with background information and ideas to try with your child right away to help support them as they build understanding of subtraction in second grade. Before we dive in, I want to recommend listening to episode 12 for some great background information on subtraction within 20 that second graders will build on as they develop skills of subtraction with larger numbers. I also recommend listening to episode 13 for ways to support your second grader with addition because being confident in addition problem solving is key to our children being successful at subtraction. However, I know your time is limited. So without ever listening to those episodes, this second grade subtraction episode will still give you the tools and ideas you need to support your second grader with subtraction. According to the standards, which as a reminder, I will say that they can be slightly different from state to state, but the overall themes and concepts are the same. So no matter where you live, this episode is relevant. Our second graders need to be able to fluently add and subtract within 20. Since I covered subtraction within 20 heavily in episode 12, we are going to focus more on the other subtraction skills listed in the standards. But keep in mind that your child may need more support building fluency within 20. So I highly recommend going back to listen to episode 12 for information and ideas to support your child. In addition to adding and subtracting fluently within 20, By the end of the year, second graders should be able to fluently add and subtract within 100, as well as solve contextual story problems within 100, and use strategies based on place value to add and subtract within 1,000. There are other standards listed that are very important, such as understanding the meaning of the three digits in a three-digit number and comparing numbers, as well as being able to explain why additions and subtraction strategies work. For this episode, we are going to focus on the skills of subtracting within 100 and then within 1000. The strategies that I mentioned can all be used to subtract first within 100, then within 1000. As children learn these strategies, they follow the progression to build conceptual understanding that I mention in every single episode because it's so important. Subtracting within the base 10 number system can be very challenging for our children. This jump from subtracting within 20 to subtracting within 100 and then 1000 is a big one, especially when regrouping is involved. So it is critical that our children build a solid foundation of conceptual understanding. Children will first use hands-on physical models, such as base 10 blocks, or similar models like place value discs or bundles of popsicle sticks. Then they will move to a more pictorial model by drawing a quick picture of base 10 blocks to solve a problem, and by using number lines and place value charts. 
It's only after a child has learned to use these models and built a solid foundation of conceptual understanding that they are ready to use a more symbolic model or model with numbers where they're solving just by looking at the numbers and the meaning of the numbers. This is where you would find a strategy like the standard algorithm, which is the way that many of us learned to subtract growing up. There are a variety of different strategies that second graders might use to solve subtraction problems within 100 and 1000. And it is always important to remember that the strategies I mention are not the only strategies that they will use, but they are some of the commonly taught subtraction strategies that our children use to build understanding of subtraction. Keep in mind that a big goal of second grade is for our children to develop critical thinking skills and look at the numbers given to them to make choices about how to add and subtract and which strategies to use. I mentioned this in the first grade episode in relation to problem solving within 20. And now our second graders need this skill more than ever because if they choose an inefficient strategy or one that they don't fully understand how to use, then problem solving can take a long time and can become frustrational. So let's support our children in making decisions about which strategy is most efficient to help them build understanding of why these strategies work. The first subtraction strategy is to use place value blocks to model subtraction, starting with ones, then tens, then hundreds. So let's look at the problem 254 minus 132 for an example. In an addition problem, a child starts by showing both of these numbers using base 10 blocks. However, in a subtraction problem, a child only starts by showing the first number, in this case, 254. So that's two hundreds, five tens, and four ones. Then they subtract back, starting in the ones place, so they would take two ones away from four ones, then three tens away from five tens, and finally 100 away from 200. And they would see what they have left to find the difference or their answer, which in this case is 122. This can be modeled using base 10 blocks, then a quick picture by crossing off the dots, lines, or squares. I call this the partial difference method. To use this strategy with numbers, they would write each number in expanded form. So 200 plus 50 plus four, and then underneath it, write 100 plus 30 plus 2. They would start by subtracting 2 from 4, then 30 from 50, and finally 100 from 200 to get that same answer of 122. This may feel familiar to the standard algorithm, but the big difference is that they're actually writing out the meaning of each digit in all the numbers. And students only use this part of the strategy once they can show understanding using base 10 blocks and a quick picture. This strategy is the most, we'll say, basic, although there's nothing basic or easy about subtraction. This shows in a very concrete way what is happening in a subtraction situation. Just like if you were to go back to kindergarten subtraction and have a child subtract five minus two using a concrete model such as counters, this strategy helps children see exactly what's happening in a problem. The best way to support this strategy at home is to provide your child with some sort of at-home base 10 blocks to use. You do not have to go to the store and buy your own set of base 10 blocks. You can ask your child's teacher if they have an extra set that your child could use at home for homework. 
or you can make your own at-home set by using graham cracker squares for hundreds, small pretzel rods for tens, and Cheerios for ones. It's not quite as concrete as actual base 10 blocks, but it will provide a much needed support for your child to model those problem solvings. Then they can eat it for a snack when they're done. Sometimes children may be able to solve subtraction problems in the classroom using those base 10 blocks, but when they get home, they don't have access to the same tools that they use in the classroom, which may make homework a little bit more difficult. So by providing this important math tool, we can help avoid this problem. You can also play a quick game of takeaway with your child to practice becoming fluent with base 10 blocks. All you need is a set of at-home base 10 blocks, three dice or number cards listed zero through nine on note cards or paper, and then three cards that say take one, take 10, and take 100. It's also helpful to have something for your child to write on like a whiteboard or a piece of paper. Start by having your child roll all three dice or by drawing three digit cards. Using the three numbers, they can create whatever number they want. For example, if they roll a four, a two, and an eight, they can make 428 or 284 and so on. Let's say they choose 428. They model that number by using base 10 blocks. Then they write the number. After that, they draw a card that either says take one, take 10, or take 100. Depending on what card they drew, they practice taking away 1, 10, or 100 from that number to see how just the digit in that place value changes. For example, if they drew a take away 10 card, the number would become 418. Or if they drew a take away 1 card, it would become 427. Then you can take a turn and model it for your child. Take turns switching back and forth, emphasizing how only one digit in the number is changing and make sure to see how that looks with base 10 blocks as well. This will familiarize your child with using base 10 blocks for subtraction, which will help them be more efficient later with larger problems. The next strategy that second graders might use to subtract is called subtracting in steps or parts. This means that they would break apart or decompose the number that's being subtracted to help get to a more friendly number. For example, in the problem 54 minus 8, a child could break apart the 8 into 4 and 4, and first subtract 54 minus 4 to get to a friendly number of 50, then subtract 4 more to get to 46. A child might even break a number apart in more than one way. For example, in the problem 72 minus 14, they might break apart 14 into 10 and 4, and first subtract 10 to get to 62. Then they could break the remaining four into two and two to subtract 62 minus two to get to 60, and then subtract two more to get to 58. A number line is an incredibly helpful tool for helping children keep track of how much they subtracted at each step. This also helps them check their work by adding together the jumps on the number line to make sure that in this case, they subtracted 14. In this strategy, children usually anchor to a friendly number or multiple of 10, such as getting to 60 in this example. And they focus on actually subtracting friendly numbers as well, such as subtracting 10 from that 14, because mentally adding and subtracting multiples of 10 and 100 is also a second grade standard. This strategy can also be modeled using base 10 blocks and can be applied to larger problems. 
This is a great strategy for working towards mental math and efficient strategies. To support this at home, I recommend supporting your child in decomposing numbers, as well as supporting them in seeing how to get to a friendly number. I talked about how to support children in composing and decomposing numbers in episode seven and within 20 in episode 10. So I recommend listening to those episodes as well. But here are a few ideas to try today with your child. To help your child think about all the ways a number can be decomposed or broken up, you can play number of the day at home. This will support your child's fluency within 20, which is also a second grade standard, as well as help them think about ways to break apart a number so that when they see that number in the context of a larger problem, they're able to break it apart quickly and accurately. To play number of the day, choose a number, any number, within 10 or within 20. Throughout the day, try to find as many ways to make that number as possible and incorporate that number into your day in many ways. Let's say the number you chose was 12. You could give your child 12 blueberries with their breakfast and put them in two small bowls to see if your child can make different combinations of 12 before eating them, such as six in one bowl and six in the other, or 10 in two, and so on. If you have time, record the combinations on a piece of paper. You can also try things like giving your child 12 extra minutes of technology or outdoor time, or 12 M&Ms as a special treat, or 12 chances to kick a ball, a soccer ball into the goal, or shoot a basketball into a hoop, and keep track of how many times they make it and miss it because those are combinations to make 12. For example, if they made it eight times and missed it four times, you'd say eight and four makes 12. You can also incorporate fact families into this, such as four plus eight equals 12, and 12 minus eight equals four so your child can see the connection between addition and subtraction. Most importantly, have fun. And now the next time your child sees a problem like 192 minus 12, they'll be able to quickly break apart that 12 and use this for problem solving. Another game you can play to support your child's use of the strategy of subtracting in parts is called Find a Friendly Number. This game is super easy and can be done anywhere, at the store, at home, in the car, and so on. The goal is to help your child think about friendly numbers in the real world. The first way to play is to literally just look for a friendly number in the real world. A friendly number is any multiple of 10 or 100 in most cases. So for example, the number 60 or 180 or 200 or 700. As you're walking through the store, challenge your child to see if they can find any friendly numbers. Or if you're reading a nonfiction book or magazine, support them in looking for these friendly numbers as well. The second way to play is to find any number while you're out. Let's say the speed limit is 25 miles per hour and ask your child what the closest friendly number is. In this case, they would likely say 20 or 30. Or if the cost of groceries was $33, you can ask, what's the closest friendly number? And in this case, it would be 30. Getting children to not only look for friendly numbers, but then also think critically about a number and about which number is the closest friendly number will support them in using this strategy for problem solving. The next strategy that second graders might use to solve subtraction problems is using addition to support subtraction. I mentioned this in the first grade subtraction episode, but it's sort of like on the show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire when you get to phone a friend for help, 
In this strategy, children get to phone their good friend addition to help them solve subtraction problems. And since addition is often comes more naturally to our children than subtraction, this can be a very efficient way to problem solve. For example, if given the problem 92 minus 85, instead of having to regroup the ones place, a child could just notice that the numbers are close together and add up seven from 85 to get to 92. Even in larger problems, such as in our 254 minus 132 problem from earlier, a child could start at 132 and add up to 254. A number line is a very helpful tool for using this strategy with larger numbers. For example, a child could add up 8 to get to a friendly number of 140, then add 60 to get to 200, then 54 to get to 254. To find the difference, they would add the jumps of 8, 60, and 54 to get 122, which was the difference between 254 and 132. They could have done the same thing by subtracting back on a number line and breaking the 132 into parts like in the strategy I just mentioned. But adding might be easier or more efficient for some of our children if they're more comfortable with addition. It is important to note that while a number line is a very important tool for both of these strategies, it will look different based on the strategy used. And it's important for children to recognize this so that they understand what is happening on the number line and also where to find their answer. To practice this strategy of adding up at home, I recommend an activity that helps your child think critically about which strategy is more efficient. You can play a little game of pick your favorite. All you need are access to base 10 blocks or homemade base 10 blocks and a sheet of paper for recording. You also could use a number line on that sheet of paper as well. Choose a subtraction problem within 100 or 1000. It can be any problem with three digits or two digits, such as 245 minus 23 or 84 minus 68 and so on. Then support your child in solving the problem using a subtracting back strategy and using an add on strategy. So let's look at 245 minus 23. First, they would use a subtracting back strategy. They could show this on a number line or with base 10 blocks or whatever works best for them. After solving it using a subtracting back strategy, they would solve it using an adding up strategy. So adding up from 23 all the way up to 245. After they solve it both ways, they should check to see if they got the same answer. Then choose the strategy that was best for this problem. In this case, a subtracting back strategy would likely be more efficient than adding up all the way from 23 to 245. However, in a problem like 84 minus 68, they might find that it's much more efficient to add up. Be sure to mix up the problems with three digit and two digit numbers and be aware of regrouping. If your child doesn't want to actually solve the problems, they can actually just look at the numbers and make choices about if they'd rather add up or subtract back and explain their thinking to you. I recommend limiting the amount of regrouping that your child has to do in these problems, since the goal is to think about efficient strategy usage and not to get hung up on trying to regroup. Encourage your child to use a number line and or base 10 blocks to keep track of their work. Speaking of regrouping, 
Most of the examples that I mentioned already in this episode did not include regrouping. So it is important that I mention regrouping. I went in depth in this on episode 13 and talked about why we call it regrouping instead of borrowing, because we're not actually giving anything back. Regrouping is one of the most common areas where children need support as they're subtracting, because it can be very confusing to subtract when you don't have enough ones in the ones place or tens in the tens place and so on, and you need to regroup. For example, in the problem 234 minus 126, a child cannot subtract six from four. So they will need to regroup one of the tens in 234 into 10 ones. Then they can subtract 13 minus six. I'm sorry, that would actually be 14 minus six. It's in the ones place. See, without writing this down, it can be really challenging to do mentally. We often see children who will just switch it around and say, if it's 234 minus 126, I'll just subtract six minus four to get two. There's my answer in the ones place. But that shows that a child does not have that deep conceptual understanding of what's actually happening in a subtraction problem. And really they need to use base 10 blocks because those blocks would show a child that they only have four ones. So they can't possibly subtract six from that. Regrouping can happen in any problem, no matter what strategy a child is using. So it's very important to support our children in this area. To practice regrouping with subtraction problems, you can play the opposite of the race to 500 game that I mentioned in the second grade edition episode. You can play a game called race to zero instead. To play this game, you need two dice or number cards with digits zero through nine, which can just be on post-its or note cards, and a recording sheet, which can just be a piece of paper with two columns, one for you and one for your child. It is also very helpful if you have base 10 blocks of some sort, which can be homemade base 10 blocks like the Cheerios, pretzels, and graham crackers that I've mentioned. Both players start at the number 500. Let your child go first. They will roll both dice or grab two number cards and put the digits in any order they want. For example, if they roll a three and a five, they can either do 35 or 53. Since the goal of the game is to get down to zero the fastest, they would likely choose the larger number, 53, because they're subtracting a larger number away from 500. They start by showing 500 using base 10 blocks, then subtract 53. So they would need to regroup 100 for 10 tens and take one of those tens and regroup it to make 10 ones. So they would have four hundreds, nine tens, and 10 ones. Then they could subtract 53 from that to get to 447. Then they would record that on their recording sheet. Next, it's your turn and you do the same thing, keeping track of the number that you subtracted on your recording sheet. On your child's next turn, they will be subtracting back from 447. In some situations, there might be no regrouping, but in most, there will be some regrouping. Make sure that your child practices that regrouping using those base 10 blocks or a quick picture. On each turn, you continue to subtract from your score to see who can get to zero the fastest. As you play, encourage your child to be precise in their counting of the manipulatives as they regroup and remind them what it means when they need to exchange 110 for 10 ones and so on. You can also have your child practice by using a quick picture, 
by drawing squares for hundreds, lines for tens, and dots or small squares for ones. As I mentioned in modeling this strategy, children only show the first number when subtracting, whereas in addition, they show both numbers when they're using the place value blocks. To help your child be able to model problems with regrouping and those without regrouping more efficiently, you can play a little game of give or take. To play this game, you will need a deck of playing cards without the face cards or handmade cards with digits zero through nine, each number written twice on cardstock. You will also need base 10 blocks, the homemade variety is great, and one card that says give and one that says take. Both players start at the number 500. The first player draws two cards and makes a two-digit number, for example, 48. Then they draw a give or a take card. So let's say they draw a card that says give and they have 48. That means they have to give 48 to the other player. They subtract 48 from their score, give it to the other player who has to add 48 to their score, and they can physically do this with those base 10 blocks. So they would model 500 minus 48, while the other player would model 500 plus 48. So one player has a score of 452, and the other one has a score of 548. Then player two does the same thing. If they get a take card, that means they would take that number from the other player. And giving means give the other player that many. The player with the highest score after 10 rounds is the winner. Make sure that as you play, your child is modeling the problems using base 10 blocks. And you should do the same to model this problem solving strategy. Once your child conceptually understands subtraction of two and three digit numbers, and can model it using base 10 blocks and quick pictures, and shows a solid ability to make choices about which strategy to use based on the numbers given, then they might be ready to try the standard algorithm. The standard algorithm is likely the first strategy that comes to mind when you think of subtracting two and three digit numbers, where you would write the larger number on top of the smaller number vertically and subtract, regrouping as needed, crossing off, let's say, one group of 100 and rewriting the tens with a smaller one above it and so on. For many of us, this was the only way that we learned to subtract. I raised a big red flag about this strategy in my second grade edition episode, and I'll just briefly mention it again that while this is a very efficient strategy, it can lead to a lot of confusion if children use this strategy before they're ready and before they have a solid conceptual understanding of subtraction. Children can get very confused about the little one above the numbers and can regroup or borrow, as we used to call it, incorrectly, which leads to a lot of problems. If you notice that your child is doing this or having trouble with this strategy, I highly, highly encourage you to help them try a different strategy like the ones I mentioned earlier in this episode, specifically ones with a visual model like base 10 blocks to support it. Your child will eventually become fluent in the standard algorithm, but this strategy does not appear in the standards until third and fourth grade. So at the second grade level, it is not a necessary strategy to use. That was a lot of information about second grade subtraction. So thank you for bearing with me. 
Remember that any and all of the at-home activities, games, and ideas I mentioned will help your child build understanding of subtraction. So if you're not sure where to start, just pick one and see how it goes. It can be nerve-wracking to jump in, and your child might think, why is my parent doing math with me at home? But if you notice that they need support with math homework specifically in the area of subtraction, I highly recommend giving these a try and keeping it fun. One more thing I will mention before I wrap up is that your child might know how to do the actual computation in a subtraction problem, but they might need support with story problems on their homework. I recommend listening to episodes three and six for more information on why this might be happening and for ideas to try. But remember, you can always act out a problem with your child or help them draw a picture, such as a bar model. I'll post an example of that on my website to help them figure out what the problem's asking. This is a great way to support with those challenging story problems on homework. I hope this episode was helpful in giving you ideas of how to support your second grader with subtraction. As I mentioned earlier, I recommend listening to the first grade addition and subtraction episodes for some important background information and fluency ideas, as well as episodes one through six for some more at-home tips to try. Stay tuned for the next episodes, which will show you where your second grader is headed next year as we dive into third grade multiplication and division. Thank you so much for tuning in and have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Dog Ate My Homework. Be sure to follow my podcast for more episodes and check out mathcoachconnection.com for more information and resources.